Last week we talked about the grace life. Say that with me, the grace life. Now, the grace life is what Israel came to. I just want to say that to you. Remember, we went all the way back to Abraham. And we showed you Genesis chapter 12. We showed you how Abraham had to leave father and mother. And he had to uh, leave all those people that, that he was with. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to start my reading there. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to take it to the, to the subject just a moment. And I want to show you how you get the next message. See, I just can't teach you anything because I teach series. See, when a person teach series, he got to hear from the Holy Spirit because he got to know what's come next. If you ever read a person's book or a novel or whatever, uh, you're able to know what come next. That's what it means. All right, so Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to show you how this go with Hebrew chapter 6 next. And then we're going to give you our subject. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you my subject first. Because I, I feel like a, I'm, gonna get ready to, I'm getting ready to go on a little spree here. All right. So let's go give you my subject first. Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. Uh, I, I got to do this because I got people who's putting things in place. All right. Give them a chance to do that. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, last week we talked about the grace life. So let's show you today's message. When I say I have to wait on the Lord to give me my message, this is what I mean. You just can't preach anything because it won't fit. So Genesis chapter number 2. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, we want to look at, start reading verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. All right. Now, this is what God gave me to go next. So if you keep in note, uh, we're going to use this. It's called Stay Strong. I'm sorry, not stay strong. Be strong in the grace life. So you want to put that down. Remember last week, we made it to the grace life. I'm talking about in our teaching. Remember, if you're in Christ, you're in the grace life. So you have to make sure you're in Christ. You know, this is one of the greatest things that I could say to you as your pastor. I, I'm, I'm serious. It's make sure you're in the grace life. Because if you are not in Christ, you're not in the grace life. You can be a part of the Faith Christian Church. I mean, you can go to a lot of different places. But are you in the grace life? That's what you got to make sure. All right? You got to make sure you're in Christ. To be in Christ, you have to have the Holy Spirit. Make sure you have the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. See, you got to just take time out. Just spend some time with God. Make sure you have the Holy Spirit. Okay, because you are, you're in the grace life. Now, once you get in the grace life, this message today uh, is, is for you. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, be strong in the grace life. Now, you got you to gotta get this today now, because uh, if you don't be strong in the grace life, you, you, you could not end up in the grace life. I'm going to show you some people in the Old Testament that were in Canaan. Living the grace life, and the way they lived their lives, they were put out of Canaan. So you got to understand something. Uh, they were put out of Canaan. They were put out. Now, the, the reason why Israel went in, not because they were so good, I'm going to show it to you, is because the people that were in Canaan were so bad. So... 
the grace life, ha this is how you have to look at it. God give you a chance to prove yourself in the grace life. Now, you did nothing to get here, but you have to live the life to stay here. All right, you got you to gotta get that now. I want, I want to say it one more time. You did nothing, absolutely nothing to get here, but you're going to have to live for Christ to stay here. I'm talking about living the grace life. We're not talking about you're not saved no more and all of that. That's not where you're at. I'm talking about living a life where everything is taken care of by God. We're talking about living the grace life. All right. It don't mean you can't go to work in the morning. You're going to go to work, but you're going to have the best job. You're not going to have the best job. You're going to have the best job on the job. See, everything is, is going to be, everything is raised to a different quality of life. All right. It's called the grace life. All right. Now, that's what we want to look at. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, are you there now? And verse number one said, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to show you a few verses. I'm going to give them to you because you have to really hear what the word says. He said, be strong in the grace. Watch this. That's in Christ Jesus. So you have to know what grace is in Christ. So you, you hear the word. You just can't just thank you heard the word. You got to hear the word. You got to listen. You got to meditate on it. Let the Holy Ghost show you what it means. And then verse 2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, watch this, who shall be able to teach others also. So I'm going to show you Paul, Timothy's ministry, and it's broken down in four categories. Number one, he had to be able to teach the word. And then we're going to go on to verse 3. said, Thou therefore endure hardness of the good soldier of Jesus Christ. That's another part of his ministry. He had to know how to be a good soldier. He likened Timothy ministry as a teacher, as a soldier. And then he's going to move on to verse 4. said, No man warth entangled himself with the fail of this life. That's how you be a soldier. That he may be able to please him. Remember, you walk in word that you got to be able to please him that have chosen you to be a soldier. He, he reminded this man how it is uh, to do that, how it is to be strong in the grace. And then it says, any man also strive for mastery, yet he's not crowned except he crowned lawfully. He's looking at the athlete. So if you've got a Bible, you want to put the word teacher. Verse 3 and 4, you want to put the word just seeing how you listen, I just gave them to you. Soldier, that's number, verse 3 and 4, you want to put the word soldier there. And then verse 5, you want to put the word athlete. See, that's what he's doing. He's looking at these four categories, and he's lacking his man, Timothy, and telling him you got to keep these things going on in your ministry. And, 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 and number 5 says, if any man strive for the mastery, you're talking about an athlete, he's running the race. And then number 6, he says, the husbandman, that's the farmer. So that's the hard-working farmer. He's reminding him, if you're going to be a good pastor, you've got to have these qualities. You, the husbandman that labors must be first partaker of the fruits. And that's what you want to bring forth is fruits. All right? Then he said to Timothy, he said, now you consider what I say. Consider what I say. And the Lord give you understanding in all things. If you do what I'm telling you, the Lord will give you understanding in all things. And, then in, and, and that's what we want to look at. Uh, verse 8, the last verse, he said, now you remember this. 
that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. And he's telling what he preached. Not only preached death, burial, but he preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, with that all in mind, we're talking about be strong in the grace life. Say that with me again. Be strong in the grace life. Now, I gave you those four things, and uh, uh, those four things are very important because uh, you have to be able to, to do this if you're going to be a pastor, if you're going to be in full-time ministry. You have to understand that. Uh, and so verse number two, I want to break it down in the verse number two. We're going to go back. Don't forget I got Deuteronomy. Uh, I'm, I got Genesis back there I got to do. All right, what else? Hebrews 6. Thank you, somebody caught on. I had uh, Genesis 12 and 1, and I had Hebrews 6 and 1. Those are the two things I said, put in your notes, right? All right. Now, I want to go back to the beginning in verse number 1 and 2. I'm going to take you to, the, to show you why in the grace life, what does it mean? Because we're living in the grace life. There are some people teaching grace, but they're also teaching law. They teach you how to operate in grace by teaching you law. And I want to show you that that's not good. All right, we'll get to that in just a moment. All right, now we're going to go back to verse number uh, one and two. He says, who shall be able to teach others also. So I want, to, I want to just give you a few verses on that. He said, now, you'll be able to teach others. You, 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 you teach people in the church. Uh, you'll choose out men or women in the church. Who shall be able to teach others also? All right. And that word teach means to instruct. So you have to understand when you are a pastor. See, I am a pastor teacher. All right. Now, I know a lot of people take the word preacher, but they don't understand the word preacher is who you are. We take the word preacher as what you do. Now, if you're a preacher, you're supposed to be able to teach. See, so don't get to see when you hear people how about I can hoop. Because hooping is not how you teach, not how you teach children. Just think if you walk around your house, you just have five kids, you are you around there trying to get them to do something, and everything you said to them is ha. pretty pretty soon they're gonna leave you. All right. All right. So you gotta understand, don't be misled by the stuff that that that's just stuff, ignorance, I call it. Because first of all, it was adjusted from somebody else style, all right? And people thought that's the way you, the word preach means to teach. You go back and break the word down, it really means to teach. So this word teach, who shall be able to teach, Paul used, others. And that word teach has, has the, the great word instruct from the word instructions, all right? Now, this word instruction means to guide you. So when I teach you, I'm guiding you through the scripture. So that's when God gave you the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is to lead us and to guide us in the word, in the truth. It means to advise. So, so if you're going to teach somebody, you're giving them advice. You're giving them godly advice, the word of God advice. You are putting them in mind. You're putting, you're putting in their mind doctrine. You're putting in their mind truth. So you got to understand, you do that as you teach. It's the same word as instruct. It's, it's to put into so when you instruct somebody, you put the word in their heart. All right? That's, how, that's what you do when you teach. It's like a mother feeding you. It's like an eagle feeding the eaglets. How did mother feed you? She took food in her hand a lot of time and just put it, put it in your mouth. 
broke it down, put it in your mouth. You were literally, you couldn't even break it down. She instructed you. That's what he meant. And you got to be able to teach. You got to be able to instruct. You can't think everybody know what you know. So you got to be able to teach that person. All right. And uh, so that's what it means. Who shall be able to teach others? This same word teach. Let's, in 1 Timothy 2, 7, uh, the apostle Paul, I'm not going to these. I can give them to you. I've got to move to my message. 1 Timothy 2, 7, Paul says he's the teacher of the Gentiles. Now, how do you teach Gentiles? Remember, you got to be able to see the apostle Paul. He's teaching people who know nothing about the Bible. Gentiles. He was a teacher of the Gentiles. So what, what if he went there hooping and hollering, talking about he teaching the Gentiles? They just look at him like, we don't know what you're saying. So you got to understand that, the, that what teach means, you have to be able to instruct. I'm going to give you an example in just a moment. He's a teacher of the Gentiles. He's having a preacher and, and, and an apostle. So he was, he was a preacher. See, you are a preacher. You are a, 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 I'm a teacher. I'm a pastor. But my, but what I'm supposed to do to you is teach. See, that's how you make foolproof of your ministry. You got to be able to teach people. If you can't get people to see what you see, understand what you understand, you're not doing a good job, are you? And some of y'all will say amen out the while. All right. But anyway, uh, then he talks about uh, you got to be able to teach the message of faith and truth. Then as a soldier, you got to be committed or dedicated to your service. See, that's how, when you, there are people who are dedicated to military, but they're not dedicated to the work. And I'm not saying to put you down, but as a pastor, you got to be both. You got to be dedicated to the work, dedicated to service. I don't say this to put people down. I tell people, me for you to know your pastor. See, when it came down to 5, 30, quarter, 6 this morning, I'm already here. That's 25 plus years straight. I don't do this to turn you on. I do this here to make sure I hear from God. See, Saturday, all my Saturdays, same way. I'm, I'm going to be right here if I'm not in a funeral or doing one. But it's not to people. It's to commitment as the word. See, this is how you have to be. If you want to hear the word on a consistent basis from the Lord, you got to commit yourself. You, you got to commit yourself. All right, so, so that's as a soldier. As an athlete, you know as an athlete, how an athlete trains. So you got to, that's training. So you got to understand, these words mean things in ministry. You got to be able to train. You got to be able to train. Uh, I, I do more meditating. That's why most Saturdays, like last night, I'm in the bed at 7 o'clock. But I'm up at 4. So what I do, I go to bed early, not like I'm sleepy or tired. I have to just shut it all down. I need nothing to come to my heart. I need to meditate on what I studied all day. That way God can say other things to you. See? So that's what you got to understand. And then you got to understand as a farmer. Now, if you're teaching grace, you got to understand about the farmer because I'm going to take you something in the word because I want to take this word to a place so we won't think that we're doing like you're doing as a farmer. You got to understand here as a farmer, he had to take care of the people. Remember, everything he has, God gave it to him. So as a pastor, you didn't sow to get him. See, I didn't sow anything to get you here. God sent you here. But I got to learn how to take care of you and feed you and nourish you. That's that, that as a farmer. You know what I mean? All right. So you're not talking about, I'm going to give it to you in just a moment. 
All right, now what I want to, I want to take all of that and then I want you to put down at the word walk worthy. I want, I want to take you into some things. I won't, I won't give it to y'all this service. I will give it to you as much as I can. Put down the word walk worthy. So God says, be strong in the, be strong in, in, in the grace. Now, what does it mean to say be strong in the grace? Now, you want to put down the word, I'm going to do walk worthy first. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ. How do I do it? Now, remember, if you're taking notes, you want to put down, how do I do it? Because that's just what I just gave you. How are you going to do it? How are you going to be able to do it? You're going to be able to walk worthy. See, once, once you realize that God has put you in the grace light, that means that God has blessed you in abundance. And you know you are living a grace life. Now, how do you keep those things going? <coughs> you got to walk worthy. Now, that's what you want to put in your notes. So, I want to give you, I'm not going to be able to go to these right now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse two, 1 and 2. Told you to walk worthy of the vocation where with you are called. With all loneliness. See, Ephesians 4. I'm just, I'll go through them quickly. You may not be able to keep up with me back there, but if, if you do, it's okay. I therefore, the prisoner of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. See, that's, this is how you have to do once you're in the grace life. If you're going to remain living the grace life. You got to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And then it says, with all loneliness and meekness and long suffering, forbearing one another in love. So you, this is how you got to walk. This is how you got to live. See? All right, you can read the rest of it later on. I'm, that's not my point. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. I'm just going to give them to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love. Now, God is showing you. I'm going to show you your walk is going to determine your fruitfulness. Your walk is going to determine whether you abound in the grace life. See, nobody can make, make you do this. It's how you live. Uh, and the word walk has to do with your lifestyle. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, that you therefore uh, be followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also had loved us. Now, he told you how you walk in love. You walk in love as Christ has loved us. You hear people that say, oh, yeah, I forgave, I forgave you, I forgave them, but they still talk about it. Listen. Once again, if you have forgiven me, you don't remember that no more. You don't bring that up anymore. See, when you're still bringing things up to me, you haven't forgiven me. You may say I forgave you, but it's still there. Like I told people, oh, well, I won't bother that. Leave that alone. Walk in love as Christ also had loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. So the word forgiveness really means and I'm, I'm not going to get on that because I'm going to be teaching that also because I'm going to take you, showing you all those areas. All right. Now, let's move on from there. All right. Let me give you one more. Uh, Galatians 5.16. Walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16. Walk in the Spirit. So, Galatians 5.16 told you to walk in the Spirit as you, as you have walk in the Spirit. Then it says in verse 25, if you live in the spirit, 
Let us walk also in the spirit. See, the key is if I'm living in the spirit, then I need to walk in the spirit. If I'm living in grace, if I'm living in, in the grace, in Christ, then I got to learn how now to walk in Christ. Walking in the spirit. Let me show you why. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2 in verse 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Let's see, I'm moving right along. It says, as you know how you ought to, as you know how you ought to exhort and comfort and charge every one of you as a father his children. Uh, you're talking about Thessalonians. As you have. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm still in chapter 1. All right. You got to walk in love. And verse 12 said that, that you would. That you would. Verse 12 said that you would walk worthy of God. See, you're children of God now. Walk worthy of God. Watch that. Who has called you into his kingdom and glory. He has called you into his kingdom and glory. Not least you can do is walk worthy of him, right? And that's what he's talking about. Uh, now, let's show you one more. First uh, Thessalonians 4.1. Show you one more. Got a couple more. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. Now, this is very powerful. First Thessalonians 4.1 says, Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that you have received of us. See, you have received the grace. How you ought now to walk and to please God. See, you receive the grace of God in your life. So now you got to walk and please God so you would abound more and more. So if you're going to abound more and more, it's according to your walk. See, I'm going to show you the people that used to be in the promised land got put out because they started worshiping idols. See, people don't understand when you start going to church, it's just a first, it's just a first thing you do. See, you, see when, you leave, when you leave the word, you, you just continue going, drifting back. You, after a while, you pick up the way you used to talk. You watch what happened when people leave the church. Now they start back picking the words they used to say. And, and you get further and further away. You see, you don't understand, it's not a game. Like I said, you used to go to church, but that means you used to. It don't mean you still do. All right, you, you can't just go on what you used to do. All right, now let's, let's show you the last one. Colossians chapter nine. Here he says, walk worthy of the Lord uh, so you would please God so you would abound more and more. Let's show you one more. Colossians one and nine. We're gonna back, back to Colossians chapter one and verse nine. Colossians chapter one and verse number nine. For this cause, two things are here. Verse nine is so you can do verse 10. Colossians 1 and 9. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be, watch this, filled, filled with the knowledge of his will. So why you need to be taught? So you can be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So why do you need that? The next verse says why? That you might walk. So that's why you got to be taught the word that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Watch this, being fruitful. So he's telling you, you abound more and more. He's talking about fruitfulness. You abound more and more, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And it goes on and on and on, see? 
So that's what you got to understand what God want to do in your life. Now, let's get the Lord a great big hand for what you just got. You, you got to be strong in the Lord. Somebody say, I must be strong in the Lord. Right. So you, you can have those in your notes. See, I got those notes. I put them in my Bible. I gave you enough already for a message. See, I could stop and go home and did pretty good. But that's not what God gave me. You in the grace life now. I say you in the grace life. All right. Now, let's, let's, go, and go, let's go back to Abraham now. Look at Abraham chapter 12. Abraham chapter 12, I showed you something last week. I said, now God called out Abraham. And I gave you uh, Galatians 1 and 6 to show you God has called us to grace. I just give you that. I won't just say it. I give it to you. Now, we'll get that on the way to Hebrew 6. We are in Genesis 12 and 1. Now, the Lord has said to Abraham, watch this. This is, this is, this is how you get where you got to go. Get out, of your, get out of your country. Get away from your kinfolk. Get away from your father's house. We're going to a land that I will show you. Remember, I will show you. That means you don't know where you're going. And he told Abraham, I would make of you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. And that shall be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you and I curse them that curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, at this time, Abraham's life, he was 75 years old. Verse 4 says, so Abraham departed, the Lord has spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Herod. 75 years old, he's going to get up and obey God. Let's see, did he get where he needed to get to? See, we, see, I can show you in the Word. When God told him where he'd gone, he went there. Once he got there, God told him to walk in the land. Go eastward and westward and northward and south. It's all yours. And so that's what I'm saying. We know Abraham made it, but not only that, we know Isaac made it and Jacob made it and the children of Israel made it. But let's see how you stay there. You got to be strong in the grace life. Number one, you had to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. We're going to show you some things. That we're going to show you some keys on showing you how to stay there. And most people can't stay in the grace life. They can't stay in the grace life. All right. Now, let's go to, to, to uh, Genesis, uh, not Genesis, Galatians 1 and 6. Galatians 1 and 6. You get last week taped, you get all of that in between. I'm not doing that. Go back to Galatia chapter 1. See, this is what, what has to happen. See, this is what Paul was writing to when you got these books, especially Galatia. You're going to see that. The whole thing was these people just wouldn't stay. You know what I mean? They had to see what they were doing over the Peter church. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul says, I marvel that you are soon removed. See what happened to them? They were removed. See, that's where we'll get to the next part, probably. They will soon remove, watch this, from him that call you into the grace of Christ. See, that's what happened to this church of Galatia. They were removed. They went back to the law, and that's where a lot of people are in their heart. They still say, oh, we just had them cucumbers and garlic and leeks and melons we had back in Egypt. Oh, nothing wrong with the law. The law ain't bad. See, that's where your heart at. You don't want the grace life. You don't want Christ plus nothing. 
You see? All right. Here, I marvel that you so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. Look at somebody said, Christ called us. Said God called us into the grace of Christ. Now look what he said though, unto another gospel. So there's not another gospel. See, you got to understand, God called you to the grace of Christ. He called you unto the gospel of Christ. But yet people still want to go back to water baptism. They want to go back to foot washing. They want to go back to the bread on the table. See, they got to have something to touch and to feel, to eat, to drink. We go to church all this time, give us some wine, bread, or something. See, we don't, we're, not, we're tired of this word. See, you don't want the grace. So remember what happened to this church. Paul said, I, remove, I, I, I marvel you so soon removed from him that call you into the grace of Christ to another gospel. So how, how did they fall? They went back to another gospel. See, there's another gospel in this Bible called the gospel of the kingdom, what Jesus used to teach. It was about his earthly ministry. It's called the gospel of the kingdom. They went back. There were some people taught the law. They, some of them went back to Peter's church so they could have the law. They could have communion every Sunday, what they call communion, holy communion as it is. Let's move on. Let's, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. See, don't let this happen to you. Hebrews chapter 6. See, a whole lot of people say, no, I won't go back, Pastor. Okay. Hebrews chapter 6. Watch what Paul said to these people. Same thing that God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, that he had to come out. I gave you already 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18. Come out from among them. See, if you're going through the grace life, you're going to have to come out from among people who not. You can't go to, you can't go to that church anymore. We have many, many people in this church who, who know about the grace of Christ, listen to us on television. That's why we do that, because they cannot find a church where they've gone to. I don't think you understand. We got people all over them reading this list to all these people. They cannot find a church where they have gone that will preach you the grace of Christ. That's how scarce it is. So you ought to be grateful and thankful. Come on, let's be, put our hand. Let's be thankful for God. It's nothing, it's nothing I'm doing. It's what God's doing for us. You know, God making, making us to, at a, a church where people all over the world can get the message. Thank God for that. All right. Now, here in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, Therefore, Paul is telling the Hebrews, leaving the principle, just like Abraham, you got to leave the principle. You got to leave the teachings of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on. Now, he's talking about the teachings of Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let us go on to perfection. That's what he called grace. That's what he called Christ. You got to go on to Christ. You got to leave the works behind. Let us go on to perfection. Leave the works behind. See? Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead work. This is what people at right now tell you right now. Man, you don't believe Pastor Crump. You got to repent for you to be saved. See, they don't, they don't want to leave there. Leaving repentance from dead works, relieving faith towards God, leaving the doctrines of baptisms, laying on a hand, talking about to receive the Holy Spirit. The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And yet people are still preaching you today the resurrection from the dead. 
Every funeral, they're still telling you that God's going to come back and get those people. They put them in the ground, and he's going to raise them from the dead. He said, look, leaving. But people don't think he's talking about us. Then he says, the last one, Hebrews chapter 6, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And you know, people turn around and tell you that's still eternal judgment. We got all standing for, see, they don't believe it's gone. They don't think it's gone yet. Poor thing. Let's move on. Now, let's, let's give you where I need to get to. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6. Now, Deuteronomy 6 is where we left off with last week. Are you enjoying the word? And Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we left off with last week. And we want to go to verse 10. We're going to do this out the King James Version. Somebody said, it's your inheritance. Last week, that's what the song that the choir sang. It's your inheritance. Now, this is what people don't understand about the new covenant. The new covenant is about, not about you doing anything, but believe. Hearing the word and believing it. So what we, what, that's why when God showed me this, that's why in this ministry we don't tithe anymore. We keep saying it over and over. We have cheer forgiving. Now you have, see, you got to, you got to repent means change your mind. See, you got to change your thinking. You got to change what you're saying out of your mouth. See, if you are still paying tithe, then that means you still in works. Did you hear what it said? It said pay tithe. Pay. That means you owe God. See, in the old covenant, why they had to pay their tithe because they owed God. You don't owe anything in the new covenant. Let me show you, let me show you a scripture. Uh, let me show you a scripture. Uh, and we, we'll be right back here. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6. Let's go to First Timothy. We're going to read this out of the, uh, we'll stay King James. First Timothy chapter 6. Now this is how you got to understand this grace life. Because people, you, you, got, to, you got to lose your working mentality. I'm talking about for us getting what you're going to get in Christ. The things that you have in life. So you still think you work to get those things. And you say, I know I work. Yeah, you, you went to work. I'm not talking about that. But to, but to get it came from God. Now, I know you may say, well, Pastor, I work for mine. I know. Stay right there. whole lot of folk working harder than you are don't have what you have. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, we're not talking about you don't have a job. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about where you are in life. God put you there. All right. And the things you have, God gave them to you. Now, you can look at what you did, include that. That's up to you and God. Okay. But I know everything I got, God gave it to me. Watch this. Let me show you the grace life. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, the grace life. And verse number 3. This is what he said to Timothy. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words... Talking about the gospel of Christ. Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the doctrine which is according to godliness. See, that godliness is the gospel of Christ. He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions, strife of words, whereby come strife, 
envious strife, railing, evil surmising, perverse disputing of men of corrupt mind, destitute of the truth, supposing, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. They still think gain is godliness. See, your holiness is not based on what you have. In verse number six, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse seven is what I want to get to. For we brought nothing into this world. Now, I know you feel like you got, you got yours by that, by what you did. But the Bible said, well, you brought nothing into this world, and it is Satan. We can carry nothing out. So I'd rather just thank God for he gave me everything I got. Let me put it another way. What I have is not mine. That puts me in an area of being a good steward. You see, the house I have, God gave it to me. God allowed me to be here. See, I can't put myself and say, well, I work for this. See, don't, don't be telling me what God did. I, listen, I'm a good steward. I'm a good steward over what he gave me. My house, my car, my family, my, the church, my path. I'm a steward. I own nothing. See, have you ever come to a place to realize you own nothing? Because one day you're going to have to walk away or be rolled away or fly away. Some of y'all here. But here in verse number, verse number seven said, we brought nothing into this world. As a matter of fact, you was born. I don't think you had a handful of money on you then. I don't think you came out with a handful of hundred dollar bills and praise the Lord. No, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So God said, having food and raiment, let us be there with be content. So that's another area of your life if you're going to enjoy the grace life. You got to realize that in grace, you brought nothing. You made nothing happen. Nothing happened because of what you did. Now I'm doing this here because I'm going to show you how people try to bring sowing and reaping over into grace. And I'm going to show you that is not going to work. You have nothing in grace that you sowed to get. That's why I keep telling you, this is not tithing. This is cheerful giving. You're giving of the harvest God has blessed you with. Somebody say amen. All right, now, let's look at one more, and that's uh, Philippians 4 and verse 10. Matter of fact, I'll deal with that next. I got to get Deuteronomy. We'll do that later. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. I got to stay on, stay on, stay on it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. Now, I'm showing you this because this is going to explain what I really needed to say. And it shall be, verse 10, when the Lord God has brought you into the land which he swore to your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee this great and goodly land. How many are there yet? I want to make sure you're there. I miss how many are there. Go to come with this camera. Watch what he says. He says, and it shall be when the Lord God have brought you into the land. I ask you how many are there? God brought you in the land already. Now, he said, once he brought you into the land, which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
into this land, this good land, four, four things he's going to say to them right here. Don't you miss it. He gave you goodly cities. That's where I left off with last week. But he said something about them cities. Cities which thou buildest not. Now, so he's, he's doing this because he's, he's showing you grace. The cities that they had, they didn't build them. See, once they, once they came into the grace, God had already prepared everything for them. See, if you get to understand they, this in the old covenant, you can see the new covenant. You see your life. That's why I read that you, you brought nothing to the world. Everything you got, God gave it to you. So he said, you got cities that you didn't build. See, you got to be able to understand it's your inheritance. I don't think people realize the word inherit. Spiritually, you have inherited all things in Christ. But you got to understand if you start looking at things as an inheritance, then you open yourself up for more. But if you stay on, this, stay on the same path that I got this, I work hard, I sweat, I, you only can get I, what I, that I, I got. You're telling God I don't need no inheritance. I got mine. You get yours. That's the mentality. It shall be when the Lord God have brought you, brought you into the land wherein he swear to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you this great land, goodly cities which thou did not build, houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not. Everything he'll tell you is full, but you didn't fill it. The next verse says, and wells. You got wells already dig, and guess what? You didn't dig them. They were already dug when you came in. Then it said, vineyards that you didn't plant, olive trees that you didn't grow. These things you didn't plant, God made sure they were in the land when you got there. Then he said, but when you have eaten and you got full. Now he's just talking about now once you get into the land and you realize all this stuff is here and you, you eat your belly full now and you sit down and cross your leg. That's why Jesus gave that parable in the new covenant. So thou hast much laid up for thee. Eat dry, eat thou and be merry. And don't know. You could die tonight. And everything you got, somebody else will have. That little nice suit you waiting to wear. See, you don't understand. Some other man be wearing that suit till your funeral. You don't never know. Some other woman could be wearing that little pretty dress and them little nice stacks. See, you got to understand something. You got to be thankful to the Lord today. Because tomorrow is not promised to nobody. As a matter of fact, I got a couple I need to hurry up and wear. No, I just said that. But, but that's the attitude. We put stuff off 
We got stuff. We're going to save that for a rainy day. Well, it's raining. His whole point is don't forget God, and that's what we're going to end up going to. All right? But that's what we got to understand. I want to show you down in verse 15, one verse while we're there, Deuteronomy chapter 6, that you will never forget God. This is why. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 15, it says, but the Lord God is a jealous God. I hope you never forget that. You think your wife jealous. You think your husband jealous? The Lord God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy you from out the face of the earth. He letting these people know, don't you go worship other gods. Don't you go worship other idols. I mean, don't you leave God. He reminded them. Now, let's go to, let's go to chapter number uh, nine. Deuteronomy chapter nine. You're right there. Deuteronomy chapter nine. In Deuteronomy chapter nine, Let's look at verse 1. Now you watch why, why God gave them what, what he gave them. What because they were so good? See, what we end up thinking, we end up thinking God blessed us because we've been so good. God didn't bless us because we've been so good. God bless you because of Christ. Look at, look at, look at uh, Deuteronomy 9. It's still, it's still so whether you agree with it or not. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 1. Hear, O Israel... Thou pass over Jordan this day. Now, this is what Moses read to them. You'll pass over Jordan this day to go in and, to, to go in and possess nations. You're going to go in and possess nations greater and mightier than you. Cities great, fenced up to heaven. So, called, so tall they couldn't nobody get across these things. Then he said, a people great, tall, the children of the Anakins. Whom thou knoweth. Because they, they wouldn't go because 38 years ago. And of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? Remember, that was 38 years ago. That's why they didn't go across. Now, God shall understand therefore this day that the Lord your God is he which goeth over before you. Let you know who gave you the land. He going over before you as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them. He shall bring them down before your face. Look at God. Somebody said, look at my God. He's going to destroy them. He's going to bring them down before your face. So thou shalt drive them out. Drive them out quickly as the Lord has said unto you. God said, I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to fight your enemy for you. Speak not in your heart after that the Lord God has cast out from before thee saying, for my righteousness, the Lord has brought me into the possession of this land. But not for your righteousness, for the wickedness of these nations. The Lord that drive them out from before you. These people had the land before you had it. But they were so wicked. God drove them out. What is he doing this for? Reminding Israel. Now don't go in there and being as wicked as they were, you end up getting driven out too. See, that's what we got to understand. We got to understand that we don't have what we have because we've been so good. It's because he's so good. God is so good. 
All right, now look at the next verse. Not for your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart does thou go in and possess the land. He's going to tell them again. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before you. And that he might perform the word which the Lord swore to your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's about you, your inheritance. I gave this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, people who obeyed me. I'm giving it to their children. Don't, don't you, don't mess it up. See, that's what, let's go to show you one more. Deuteronomy chapter number 11. Headed to my message. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 8. Come to this game again. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 8. Somebody said, new life. new life. See, this is what God had given you, new life. Therefore shall you keep all the commandments. Now, he, we showed you what we have to do. Walk worthy of the vocation where we are called. We don't keep commandments. But he said to them, keep the commandment which I command you this day, that you may be strong. So how do I we strong? Walk worthy of the Lord, that we may be strong and possess the land whether we go to possess. They were going to possess all right, and verse number nine, hit the wrong button again, huh? And verse nine says, and that you may prolong your days. Isn't that something? You walk in words of the Lord keep you here longer. That you'll walk, prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear to your father to give to them and to their seed a land that's flowing with milk and honey. So you can prolong your life in the earth by living like God told you. For the land will thy go to possess it. It's not a land of Egypt. He, he, he gave me to say something here. He said, look, the land God giving you, the, your new life God giving you, it's not like your old life from whence you came out. See, it's not like the old life you just left where you sowed your seed. See, that's why I keep telling people, I'm going to show you in the word of God. People think you still can sow in the new covenant. You don't sow in the new covenant. You're in grace. God giving you houses you didn't build. Land that you didn't. Tree. You didn't sow nothing. See, we got to get away from this mentality that I sowed to get it. You ain't sowed to get nothing. God gave it to me. So he told them here. In verse number 10, for the Lord, for the land where you go to possess is not a land like it was in Egypt. We're using the world from whence you came out. You had to sow your seed. You had to water it with your foot as a garden of herb or vegetables. So you had to do your own sowing and do your own watering. That's not the way it is in grace. But in grace, but the land where you go to possess it is a land of hills. And valleys. It drinketh water, the rain of heaven. God takes care from above. Somebody did not hear what I said. I said, the Lord take care of you from above. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Everything comes in your life comes from above. Somebody ought to give the Lord a big hand. Here it is, verse number 12. A land which the Lord God carries for. See, you're, you're not the one that's taking care of this. The new life you got in Christ, God taking care of you. Somebody ought to give the Lord another big hand. See, you, you got to understand, it's your own life, you had to take care of yourself. 
Thank God you had a good job and all that, but the Lord taking care of you now. If you're in the grace life, it's a land which the Lord God cares for. The eyes of the Lord God are always up on it. From the beginning of the year, even until the end of the year, God's eyes is upon you. His eyes upon you. His eyes upon you in Christ. Amen. He watches everything. He takes care of all your needs. That's why the Bible said, but my God, Philippians 4 and 8, but, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You got to understand that in the new life, God takes care of you. Thank God for his goodness. I, I'm telling you, this, this, is just, this is just blowing me away because what I'm seeing, I'm, I'm going to read this down to verse 15. Verse 13 says, and it shall come to pass. If you shall hearken diligence to all of my commandments, he told them, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that I will give you rain, I will give you the rain of your land in due season. I will give you the rain in due season. I give you the first rain, and I give you the latter rain, that you may gather in your corn and your wine and your oil, I will send grass in your fields to feed your cattle. I will give you wine. I will give you oil. I will send grass in your field to take care of your cattle. I don't know if y'all understand it. You got to be a farmer to understand those words. That you may eat and be full. God said, I'll make sure you got everything you need. All you got to do is just walk worthy of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Come on, get up on your feet. Get up on your feet. Somebody said, I just got to walk words of the Lord. That's what I got to do. You got to know what God told you to do. Walk words of the Lord. Come on, let's put our hands together and thank the Lord. Walk words of the Lord. Walk words of the Lord. Come on, he's worthy to be praised. First Corinthians chapter number 15. That's what we got to do. We got to walk worthy of the Lord. See, otherwise, if you're living a life then he's worthy to be praised. So we have to walk worthy of him. So everything I live, the way I live, is say, my God is worthy of my lifestyle. First Corinthians chapter 15, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received it when you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Jesus Christ has already died, already buried, already raised from again, raised again from the dead. Now we give him all the praise and the glory. He's not just that man in Bethlehem. He is both Lord and Christ. Give him glory, give him honor, and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hey, my time is already up. Thank you for watching this television broadcast. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. 
If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.